All right, what's up? Welcome to the Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Coach A. Hope everybody is having a wonderful Thursday. Welcome to our Thursday night live. I have a, some awesome guests with me tonight. Tonight we're talking about juvenile justice. We know that that uh, youth incarceration is a, pro- a problem here in the United States. And so I have a friend and he's found a way to tackle that problem. Yep. He goes into the detention centers on a regular basis and try to help motivate the kids to to do what's right. So hopefully you guys is having an awesome, awesome Thursday. Um, I'm going to take a minute to since we just started going live, I'm going to take a minute to share the post before we get into this show. So make sure if you drop by to leave a comment. You can always leave a comment or ask some questions if you have questions. Give me just a second. I want to share that. And then we're going to get into, into the show. Those of you who know me closely know that I worked in detention for a while. Um, for about, I have seven years experience working in detention. So I worked in detention um, in Georgia for about three years, three to four years. And then when I moved to Florida, I worked in detention also uh, here in Florida. So we're going to go ahead and get started. So moving here in Florida, we know that there's been some research found that juvenile incarceration alone does not reduce the recidivism rate. Now, those of you who don't know that big word recidivism, that has to do with offenders, the tendency for offenders to reoffend. Right. For youth who get in trouble and get locked up, their tendency to get locked up again, they call that recidivism. And so everything is measured by that, making sure that the youth don't make mistakes again. And so, in fact, in most cases, youth incarceration increases the likelihood of juveniles reoffending. So rather than than, you know, deterring kids from being locked up again when they get locked up, it almost encourages it. And we're going to go into the reason why that happens. But here's some studies that's been done in some different states in Texas. Recent study found that youth and community based treatment activities and surveillance programs had lower rearrest rates than those with similar criminal histories and demographic characteristics who were released from state facilities. So obviously in Texas, that if they have a special program where they're not locking the kids up, they have a better chance of cutting down the recidivism rate in that way, as opposed to kids being locked up. Cook County, Illinois, found that juveniles who experienced confinement were more likely to drop out of high school and be incarcerated as adults than youth offenders who were not incarcerated. So that was another study in Illinois showing that kids, again, that when they're locked up, they have a higher chance of becoming uh, locked, becoming um, prisoners or getting locked up again as adults rather than you know, curving the criminal activity. In Ohio, they have a what's called a reclaim program, R-E-C-L-A-I-M. It's it's a, a program is called Reason and Equitable Community and Local Alternative to Incarceration. And so in that program, they did in the state's initiative to 
to service youth offenders in the community rather than placing them in institutions. The study of the program found that the recidivism rate for low and moderate risk juveniles in facilities was twice as high as those in the reclaim program. So obviously that program is working for kids where they have kids in the community and they have a way of monitoring the kids and, you know, watching the kids as opposed to just taking them and locking them away. And so those kids, they're showing that the kids that's in this these programs are doing a lot better as far as reoffending as opposed to the kids that are not in the program. Even Florida has a study of low risk juvenile offenders. The Florida Department of Juvenile Justice was known as DJJ my ex-employer reported that diversion programs demonstrated lower recidivism rates compared to those restricted options. So again, you have where they have a diversion program where the kids are not just being taken and locked in prison. They have other programs that's kind of working with the kids and that's working a lot better as opposed to locking them up. Now, my theory of, of why kids that get locked up or or criminals, period, is because when you go to these environments, you're surrounded by other criminals. You're surrounded by other offenders. And so you don't do anything else but learn how to become either a better criminal or to commit more crimes because they're influencing each other's. So with that being happening, you know, with the, the way the mind works is that whoever you you hang with or you you become influenced by that individual. And so that's what happening with these kids. They're being locked up with other kids that that either committed the same crime or similar crimes. And these kids are just learning how to become better prisoners. So the studies have shown that we already you know, the studies have shown what we already know, that locking kids up is not doing a damn thing for the kids unless you have a person like my friend Pedro, Pedro Rodriguez. Even though I know he sounds like your local gardener or your mechanic, but he's not. Pedro has dedicated his life and has a mission to preach, teach, and inspire the kids that are incarcerated. He's in the detention center more than the police are. So make sure you stick around while we talk to Pedro and learn his techniques and what he's got going on in the detention centers. Welcome back to the Impact Podcast. It's your boy, Coach A. Again, I am with a close, close, close friend of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy right here is a good <laughs> friend, like I mentioned. He's in detention centers more than the police are. <laughs> he has a master's he has a master's degree in counseling he's working on his doctoral degree he's a father a husband of over 20 years that's the inspiration in itself 
the founder of Urban Youth Justice, which provide life coaching skills for youth, as well as biblical counseling, life skill training, employment assistance, and of course, mentoring. Please welcome my friend and his lovely wife, Pedro Rodriguez. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, Adrian? What's good? Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yes, sir. Good. If I could tell you how many times I practiced that intro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you've been you've been going into the when we when we met. um, What it was that replay, right? Did Um, we meet at replay or? Yeah, yeah. I think we did meet at replay or or even before replay. I think. Yeah, yeah. We've been, yeah, it's been it's been a while. It's been, it's a, been while. a while. Maybe we bumped into each other inside. I, I, th- I think there. it was when I was uh, volunteering with you for Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, yeah. yeah, I remember. I think I remember we met in the detention center through uh, Miss Waiters. It was actually through yep. Miss Barbara Waiters. Yes, yes, exactly. That's what it. Exactly. Yeah, yep. So it's been a while, man. And so ever since then, we didn't worked on some projects together. You yeah. know, and a prison, uh, prison projects, and you know, of course, the detention as well we're at a couple community events as well man so yeah that's right that's right it's been awesome yeah yeah. Yeah, we got the same heart we got the same heart for the for the community you know Mm -hmm. that that mission to to make uh to share the truth and make disciples man exactly make an impact (laughs) make an impact (laughs) (laughs) and so is is it giddy haiti haiti like the country really so what's yeah. the G? What's the G for? Well, it's a made-up name. Both it's, my parents. Uh, my father's name Jorge, so it's uh-huh. the G E from Jorge. Yes. My mom's name Lydia, L Y D I A, so it's Hadia. But it's wow. for short, and um, because people don't understand Hadia, so, yeah, or, or just G. <laughs> yeah, so so I was uh, is is just G, even though it's not pronounced G. So I was worried about uh, butchering it, but I didn't have a chance. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, no matter what, yeah, it's, I was a, gonna it's it a silent, it's yeah. a silent G. You know, it's, <laughs> no, you know, unless you're Spanish, you're not gonna know that. So this even Spanish people don't know yeah, that. So even, don't, yeah. It's okay. I, I'm used to it's, it. It's butchered all the time. <laughs> so Miss Haiti, you're working with the females. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, in the past, it was a little challenging because of my job schedule. But now that I have my, it opened up a little, I'm not working on weekends, so I can commit a little harder to the facilities. And uh, we have two female facilities that we do. Um, we go in um, once a month for each. Um, and then we just, you know, love on them. I try to uh, bring speakers, motivational speakers also, pretty much in the same um style as what we do with the boys facilities. Um, and these are um, centers where the girls are long term, which they spend, you know, it's a program. So they're not there just overnight or are leaving consistently. So what we try to do is build relationships with them so that when they come on the outs that we're still available to them mm-hmm. to help them get plugged into the resources that we have with all these networks that we are connected with that are so resourceful. Awesome. So are you guys having uh, very many youth reach out to you after they get um, released from these places? Yeah, I, it's, it's it just blows my mind. You know, we we try to limit our giving our contact information to those who are about to be released, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's more realistic that those would be reach out. And sometimes we don't hear from 
kids right away, but it could be a month later and mm-hmm. I, I'm getting text messages. Um, and sometimes, quite honestly, I got to say, hey, wh- who are you again? Where did I meet you? <laughs> I, I meet so many kids, yeah. but, you know, I'm always excited. And I know immediately that it's a youth. I'm just trying to figure out which youth which it is. Somewhere. And then, um, yeah, immediately once I know, you know, where they're at, I'm like, hey, let me see if I could get you plugged in with this person and, you know, get you a mentor. Are you looking for work? You know, let's get you plugged into to some community resources. Uh, you know, that's the only way you're going to stay out of trouble. You know, you got to have somebody walking, you know, journeying life with you and uh, and helping you grow spiritually, you know, um, and, you know, I always tell them, you know, what, what are you looking for in this relationship? You know, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 the thing. The relationship mm-hmm. uh, makes the big difference. It changes everything. You know, if there's if there's someone that they can talk to, if there's someone that that they know cares that they can lean on when they're going through stuff that makes a huge difference in the decisions that they're going to make tomorrow. Absolutely. So, of course, I know this, but, you know, we have viewers out there that don't know this. Are you guys doing this by yourselves? Oh, not anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you, you, you already know. I mean, you were one of the first ones. Uh, but yeah, we started to pray and realize, man, this is bigger than what we thought it would be. Um, it started at Manatee JDC and then Pinellas. And all of a sudden I, I, I came to find out about these residential programs. I'm like, man, I want to go there because those kids are there longer and I can mm-hmm. do discipleship and doors were opening. And I said, man, I can't do this by myself. And, um, ask God for a team. And, um, you know, we, we got more than what we asked for. And mm-hmm. at first my focus was just males. And then, you know, my heart one day got put into a position where I had to minister, minister to girls at Clearwater. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. after hearing one of these girls stories, it just, it just messed me up. And I was like, no, nah, we really got to reach these girls. And so, you know, I spoke to my wife and then we had a couple of girls on the team already and said, Hey, you, you, you ladies got to start reaching out to some some other uh, residential programs come to find out there's two of them right in Tampa. It was mm-hmm. girls Academy, late girls Academy mm-hmm. and um, ran by true core. And we, you know, my, my wife has been going there, um, you know, with the ladies now and, mm-hmm. and we've been established there for about two years, ever since we started 2019, wow. right wow. before COVID. Yeah. yeah. So, so you don't just have a team of anybody. <laughs> No. You got you got special special your your team is very talented. You want to <laughs> tell us about that? Oh yeah. Well, we we you know we got um you know my heart my heart has always you know I've always been a a hip hop head you know growing up in the nineties mm-hmm. you know and I've always seen the power and influence of music and so um, I see you know how the music you know, also has a, a negative impact on these youth. You know, I, I, I don't listen to that music, but I'm aware of what's going on, the content. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of junk. And so these kids, you know, they embrace that. This is this is the songs that they're repeating in their heads. And and uh, we come in there with a different approach and introduce them, um, you know, to Christian hip hop, Christian rappers, artists, ministers. Um, some of them don't like to be called rappers. So, you know, I, I say ministers of music. You know, and they they love to uh, come in and share their testimonies uh, of what God has done. Uh, and they do that in the form of music. And man, the way the kids, uh, the way the kids draw in 
um, is just is just amazing. You know, like the kids tune into that afterwards. They're like, "Wow, I never heard this before." Mm-hmm. You know, where can I find your music? You know, and so that's you know we've brought DJs in. You know, like yourself and, and Pete. You know, uh, we have, you know, we have some who are really gifted in, in preaching and teaching, uh, motivational speaking. Uh, yeah. And so everyone brings something to the table. You know, we have some people uh, on our team who's ne- who never really been in a facility. And then we got others who were ex gangbangers and, and served, you know, seven or more years in prison. You know, so we have a diversity, you know, a diversity of an age. We have some as young as in the 20s. Some of us are in our 40s. You know, Hispanic, African-American, Caucasian. That's what I love about my team. You know, Mm -hmm. we bring all different flavors inside of these facilities. So you mentioned that some of your uh, the um, uh, your team members have had prison sentences in the past. You last six or seven years. So is it ever a challenge getting him into the facility, like through background checks or how? What's that process like? Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, even with me, when I first moved to Florida, I I, I hit a, a red, you know, red flag, you know, was up like, wait a minute. I don't know if I could get this job that I thought I wanted to work at because I found out I needed to go through what's called a an exemption process. Mm-hmm. And I needed to clear my name, even though it had been so long. This it was already almost 20 years at that point. Now we're at 24 years that I have not been in trouble with the law. And I, I've been uh, I've been cleared by DJJ to work with youth and go into any facility I want, but still there's a there's a background process you know even, even that I have to go through sometimes. But a lot of my uh, team um, have had to go through background checks. Sometimes they get a red flag and they have to clear something up. Mm-hmm. Other times, you know, it's been a long time and you know maybe it was a minor charge and and they haven't red flagged, which you know is God's grace that they've been able to get in without no trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some facilities have allowed us to come um, a few times and really didn't ask for any background checks, you know, so so that's been uh, that's been great, too. Um, it's it's not like we're ever with the kids alone anyway. There's always staff mm-hmm. in the room. Um, you know, we, we don't we don't uh, touch the kids, per se, in any, you know, any kind of way. We might just lay a hand on their shoulder when we're praying with them. But, you know, we don't you know, so no, th- there really nothing. isn't any kind of work concerns about any of the volunteers uh, putting mm-hmm. the kids at risk or anything like that. So when I remember when I first went into the detention center, the girls, my specifically, and I had to speak to these ladies, it was it was very it was the saddest thing. I mean, I had I got choked up for a moment there. I had to catch myself and then begin to talk again. I was almost embarrassed because I was like, come on, man, you got to talk. You got to say something. I was all choked up. But it's just it's just hard. You know, when you look at ladies, it's just like, you know, sometimes you look at guys and you're like, you know, these are knuckleheads, you know, you need to get it, get it right. But then when you look at a, a, a lady and, and their responsibility here in the world is like this is like no place for any woman should be at all so um obviously you said you when you moved here so you came from jersey city right yes sir born and raised uh up to 38 years old and then i moved out here being here seven years now in florida and bradenton um and it's become my home we have no regrets uh, love it here i knew god brought us here for a reason mm-hmm. shortly after arriving here i had prison ministry heavy on my heart mm-hmm. started knocking on doors and Honestly, you know, I wasn't, you know, getting connected or finding the right doors. And all of a sudden, you know, those doors opened up and, and we were, I was able to volunteer with Prison Fellowship at mm. the Soto Correctional. 
Um, I've also gone to Lowe's Correctional with uh, Greg taking the city, which you were part of. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, also volunteering um, after that with Youth for Christ, uh, Sozo Missions. And, and mm -hmm. then I, I eventually launched, um, you know, our Urban Youth Justice in 2019. Um, so, yeah, just a, a lot of great work, a lot of experiences that shaped, um, you know, my, you know, my passion for this. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what, what I would highlight is that, you know, spending time with some adult lifers um, who were never coming home uh, really, really, you know, struck the heart for me, you know, um, and uh, that that made me realize, man, you know, I don't I want I want to reach the young kids before they get to this point, because once you're a lifer, that's it. You know, it's all it's it's you know, it's in, in the physical sense, you know, that you, you'll always be behind bars. Doesn't mean that spiritually you can't be free. Right. Inside. Some people inside are more freer than the ones outside. Yeah. But, you know, that is just just uh, something that I say, man, you know, and, and and because I found out that Florida has a, a tendency, you know, a very known for send, uh, sending young uh, juveniles to adult prisons. Mm -hmm. um, there's even youthful offender prisons specifically for them from ages 18 to 24. And so, um, you know, that that was really what drove me to shift my heart towards saying I, I want to reach the youth that are incarcerated. And you also have a passion for um, for justice, period. You know, like like just like you mentioned, like kids being sentenced to adult prisons mm -hmm. or even, you know, being sent sentenced over sentencing. I don't know what you would call it. Just over sentencing, like giving life and stuff like that to mm -hmm. teenagers and stuff like that. Tell me about that passion, because I remember you brought me to a meeting one time. Yes. Yeah. So um, that's that's, you know, something that's, you know, it's not our primary uh, focus, really. Um, but it is something that, you know, I have had conversations with. I've been invited uh, to, uh, you know, conferences and different things that focus on prison reform. Mm -hmm. I'm a part of a couple of groups on, on social media that that really are, are working hard to changing, um, you know, the criminal justice system, which which, you know, spills over onto the juvenile justice system. And obviously, both systems are broken. Both systems need a lot of reform. Um, you have you have from people getting, um, you know, wrong sentences or falsely accused and, you know, doing years in prison and they were innocent to, you know, people who don't get the right sentence and, you know, do heavy crimes and come home, you know, uh, in, in just a couple of months or something, you know. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of that. But most importantly, a juvenile. Um, for me, uh, does not belong in, in an adult prison um, mm -hmm. because I'm aware of what goes on in these places and how they're treated. Um, even some of the juvenile facilities um, that I've been to uh, are not properly ran. You know, they, they're they're disorganized. They're not professional. Mm -hmm. Some of the staff there um, may just be there for a paycheck and don't care yeah. about the, li the changing the life of a kid. You know, I, I think that uh, and I have a lot of respect for those who work in these facilities because I started um, from the bottom, you know, working in one of these facilities back in 2015. And, um, and you know, my my focus in working there wasn't because I was going to get paid a whole lot of money it was because I knew I was going to have direct contact mm -hmm. and opportunities to minister to these kids. And I surely did. And I was able to build uh, relationships with those mm -hmm. kids that were there. And most of them were there for up to nine months. Mm -hmm. So I had I had a long time to get to know them and build relationships with them. Many of them confided in me and I was able to pray with them and, mm -hmm. you know, do a lot of things that I, I hope, you know, in some way I made an impact when they went home that they took what I said seriously and that it was something that shifted them in the right direction. 
Yes, that's a good plug. Impact. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so take us through your your whole program. Um, you go into the detention center. Um, how, typically, how many do you take with you? What's the setup? What's the setup like? And are the are the youth typically um, uh, inviting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when we first started, you know, like anybody, you know, when I first started, you know, I was just excited because I was like, mm-hmm. wow, after so long, here's the team I need. Here's mm-hmm. the doors open I've been wanting. So at, right. you know, at times we were going into these facilities deep, you know, yeah. five, six, seven of us, we were just going in, sometimes <laughs> setting up DJ equipment and we were just like, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to get these kids a little hyped up, you know, connect with them, you know, mm-hmm. share some things that would definitely pull on their heart. And, and then, you know, the music would always get them. And then at the end, we'll close with, you know, a powerful gospel message that would kind of, you know, check them and say, whoa, you know, I need to get my life right with God, you know, and then we'll pray with them, you know. Um, but of course, COVID hit. It, it put a little stall to us for six months. Mm-hmm. We had to go virtual, create some DVDs. You know, that's that's a whole nother thing we, we had to do, which was a challenge. But, you know, it, it was limited. But, you know, I think we in some ways we, we were still able to make a little impact once that once we got past those six months, uh, Florida, you know, uh, was one of the lighter states with the restrictions. And so allowed us to get back into the facilities. But we were limited in saying, uh, well, the, probably the yeah, the policy was like, hey, you can only bring three at a time and you had to wear mm. a mask and stuff. And so since then, um, I've trimmed it down to where we only go, you know, three, maybe four. Some facilities are a little lenient on, on letting us bring a little more than three. But I noticed for time's sake, because a lot of these bigger facilities um, have 40, 50 kids in them. And wow. we want to try to minister to all of them, but we only do a certain group at a time. So we, we try to break it down into our segments. And so we go in for 60 minutes, we'll hit mod A. For the next 60 minutes, mod B. And you know, or they're named after animals or football teams or whatever. Every facility is different. And so um, so yeah, we'll 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 spend 60 minutes and you know, you know, that in that 60 minutes, it'll start off with an introduction of who we are, why we're there, why they're important, um, why we took time out of our day to be there with them. Um, that usually gets their attention. You know, we ask them to just give us their undivided attention for the next 60 minutes. So we don't have any issues or side talking or any distractions. And usually we don't have any issues with that. At first, when they walk in, of course, they're looking at us like, who are these guys? What do they want? Whatever. But I notice what helps a lot is that we come in there, you know, with urban gear. You know, we come in there, you know, with the music and all that. And that usually their walls come down because it's like, okay, I, I can vibe with these guys, you know. And so, you know, we're not coming in there looking like their father or their grandfather. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So when we walk in there, it's like we're not intimidating. We're just coming in there like, hey, man, we want to just spend some time. We got something to share with y'all that we think is valuable. And usually they're respectful and they'll, you know, we also bring snacks. So that gets them too. You know, hey, you got oh, cookies and, and chips for us. All right, cool. Yep. You know, so, <laughs> you know, treats. and so we break, yeah, we break it down between four or five of us. Everybody gets, you know, 15, 10 to 15 minutes. And in that time, you know, you can share your testimony, share a, a Bible verse, 
a story you want to share with them, even if it's not pertaining to you. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll in between have an artist come up and do a song or two. And, uh, and you know, we kind of keep it flowing by the end when we have about 10 minutes left to close. That's when, you know, we at times have done a, a call of, of repentance, a call to make a commitment to Christ, or we'll just go around and pray over them. Or some of them want private prayer, you know, and we'll have a little time of counsel on the side and we'll pray with them. So it all depends on how the spirit moves and what it is that, you know, that God does in that time. We don't try to do everything the same all the time. We, we switch things up. Sometimes the spirit will interfere with our plans and mm -hmm. something else happens that we're like, wow, you know, mm -hmm. but we always, we leave there amazed at how God, you know, continues to work. We see how the kids respond. We see kids who come in there with hard facades, you know, like, oh, I don't even want to be here. Yes. And then all of a sudden, the kid is those, does that same kid will be the one holding tears mm -hmm. or the one that wants mm -hmm. you to pray for him on the mm -hmm. side. And he tells you, hey, man, I got a court case coming up and I got some serious charges, man. Can you pray for me? I hope God could forgive me for this, you know, and and, you know, all kinds of things come yes. up, man. It's, it's just amazing that, you know, we're given this opportunity. I think it's a privilege. Mm -hmm. It really is a privilege. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was just going to ask you about that. If you have, you know, any kids that come in there with, with the hard face and then they end up oh changing. God. So is oh, it the yeah. same yeah. for the women? Is it the, how is it? In I, the I was just going to say this past last time that we went in on the 18th, my God, it was tough. It was so tough. It was so bad. You know, one of the girls, you know, they, they bully each other in there and they're wow. in there and, and, you know, this is life stuff. They were arguing right there. One of them said, you know what, get me out of here. I don't even want to be here. And she, she left, but at the end she came back and we got to speak with her and we were like, you know, um, you know, this is not who you are. And, and, and sometimes, you know, it's tough to be here, but you know, we're here to motivate you. So to break those walls down and, and go in there, it, it it's a tough crowd, especially, the females that we are serving right now, you know, there's mental health issues too that you're dealing with along the stuff that they're encountering. And I'm talking about trafficking, everything. Just you, you name abuse, it. Abuse, a lot of abuse. Everything, yeah. everything. No, no parents. Like it, it's just, it's devastating, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're just like, hey guys, you know, we're just here to love on you. We are not paid to do this. We genuinely love you and care. And, you know, we, we provide them with the resources and, you know, we get we give them. Last time we spoke to them about um, uh, um, their uh, um, what was the uh, uh the image, their image, what, identity, what, identity, identity, yeah, yeah. So that that was deep too, because sometimes you know they find their identity in the media because the media is exposing all these things that it's like this is the way you're supposed to be, but you know yeah. what, your identity is in Christ and He chose you, so you know what, you're only going to find yourself in him because you're going to see yourself the way he sees you. But um, yeah, it's deep. It's hard. It's hard, especially the girls too, that they're emotional. Oh mm -hmm. my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but God always intervenes and, and you're always going to, you're not always going to have those good outcomes, you know, like this right. last time. Thank God that, you know, nothing broke out. <clears throat> but sometimes we have to do two separate mods or groups because mm -hmm. the girls are not getting along. So mm -hmm. they have to separate them. So we have to do a group of certain amount because the other group can't come in, you know? So yeah. it, it's a tough crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a ministry that, you know, for anyone who, who's considering and joining or who would like to, 
or you know do something like this or feels called to it you know you gotta have thick skin <laughs> you gotta you know <laughs> you can't take you can't take it personal you know mm -hmm. i've yeah. had in, in in the two years well i've been doing it longer but for the two years that i that i've been doing it on the urban youth justice i probably can count two maybe two incidences that you know we had a kid challenging yeah we had one uh, kid being rude or something uh. and, and one, one specific kid i had to get a little tough with because he was like <laughs> really being rude and, 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 uh, and disrespectful and was trying to intimidate me as if I was some guy on the streets and stuff. And I was like, man, he called him out. I said, I said, yeah, yeah I'm not, that, I'm not that guy. You know you're what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not that guy. You're not, you're not going to intimidate me. I'm not afraid of anything you got to say, bro. But anyway, I, long story short with that kid, mm -hmm. I saw him another time when I went back to this facility. Mm -hmm. And he was totally different because he wasn't around the kids that he was around. Yeah. And he pulled me to the side and he would apologize. And he was like, hey, man, I'm sorry about the way I acted that way. And then he was like, hey, you think you could help me, you know, speak to my speak to my JPO and get me into into the program that you work at? You know, like he wanted to come to the program <laughs> that I work at, you know, uh -huh. and I was like, I don't know, because, you know, they send you wherever they want to send you. But I, I can always give a recommendation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, wow. I remember one time I, I had went, I was with you and, you know, and I, and I typically, I don't have any issues with kids. Obviously we have kids that's, you know, like you said, that's challenging or they act a certain way. But this one particular time, you remember that little kid, I just could not break through for this kid for nothing. Everything that I was saying, everybody else was getting it, but to him, it was coming off disrespectful. And mm. he just, and it's just like, I was like, I don't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand for the life of me, you know, why this kid was, was taking it wrong, you know, but, and then of course the other kids, you know, they just egging him on. Cause he, you know, he getting upset. They not, you know, normally you would think, yo man, he don't mean it like that. They would say that, but no, nah, they, they want to see some drama too. Sometimes. <laughs> of course. All for attention, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, we've got the, the protagonist, you know, cause they want to push that, that agenda forward. But, but yeah, a lot of times it's because, you know, these youth, they, they don't have father figures. They don't have positive men role models in their life. So now here's, here's this stranger yourself. You're there saying powerful words, but are challenging their mm -hmm. thinking. Cause I know yeah. how you speak, you challenge people to think. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, when you are challenging somebody that's never thought this way and they realize, man, all these years I've been thinking and, and I'm, I have thinking errors. I have flawed yeah. thinking. They, they, they're gonna you know they're gonna object they're gonna be like oh who, who are you to tell me you know but if everybody in the room is getting it and you're not then maybe you got to look at you know what, what's going on in your mind you know what i'm yeah. saying but you know so, that really yeah go ahead i was gonna say but you know sometimes kids um it could have been they had a bad day yeah. yeah, yeah, they yeah, could yeah. maybe they didn't get their phone call or they had a bad phone exactly, call. Exactly. Bad. So yeah. all these things happen all and they just head. and they don't they don't you know we as adults we know how to leave it there and kids don't they're not in control of their emotions mm -hmm. so they bring yeah. they bring it with them they act like they're supposed to yeah, they act yeah. like they're supposed to but um you you Pedro um lost your father at a young age. We yes, did. as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, we both did. That's what how me and my wow. wife kind of connected. Well, one of the things we had in common when we first met that gave us that mutual, <clears throat> that mutual, I guess, to share that mutual pain together, and we became wow. friends. But yeah, I, I lost my father at the age of twelve. She lost her dad when she was nine. Mm 
Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So how did you guys how how did how did you guys meet from that? You know, because I you know just I can't see how two people losing their parents they thinking about somebody else or we met in the streets <laughs> doing <laughs> no better <laughs> we, we were just as bad as those well, that we go yeah, into to yeah. speak to <laughs> yeah we 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 are you miss haiti yeah i know pedro's story but i want to hear yours pedro, i know yours we'll say that but i want to well, hear just, yours just, <laughs> just to just to uh let you know i i was in the detention center so oh. I, I i can relate um <laughs> i didn't know that yeah and and i was carrying my child our wow. child so you know um it's just you know something that i can share with the girls and relate say listen i i get it i i know what it's like to be in here and i know what it's like but you don't have to be confined to this, you know, and God will release you if you allow him to, and he'll take you to different levels, but you have to allow him to, you know? So it's just to share with them. Like, I, I know what it's like. I know what it's like. I, I lived, you know, um, my mom was a single mom and my dad, you know, she's still a single mom still to the, to this day. And I know what it's like to not have a father and look for love in all the wrong places, you know, and, and to try to figure things out and, and think you have it all made in your head and go out there in the streets because, you know, you're looking for that attention, you know, that, that you didn't have as a father and how the importance of a father figure is for, you know, a, a, a child in their life, whether it's female or male, you know, and, and to come to understanding that we do have a heavenly father who is one that can, the only one that can fill that that place, you know? So it yes. wasn't until I understood that, that I was able to release and allow God to be healed from not having a father, you know, because I had to forgive my dad for leaving me too, you know? So yeah. it, it, it's a challenge, you know, to, to get to a place where you get to release that and, 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 you know, share it with others um, because, you know, you don't know how to, um, express your emotions when you're in a stage where you don't know anything about Christ or even anything about hope, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is where we come in. Like, look, we were there, we get it. You know, we, we felt that pain too, and it doesn't go away, but God helps you through and you have people that support you and you can get to a better place. You will get there, you know? Yeah. So, so what, what were you guys' ages, the youngest that you, when you got locked up, you got arrested. Mm. <laughs> Oof, I was. He started young. I don't. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my first, my first time, my first time shoplifting. You know, getting my mother getting that phone call. I got caught in the mall shoplifting, doing something foolish. I was about twelve years old. It was like right after my father passed away. Mm. Um. Yeah. And and I was actually no no. I my father was still alive. He passed away shortly after that because I remember he ended up. Uh, putting hands on me because of my behavior, you know. I was I mean? just like, thinking about that. Butt. Like I hope yeah. you whooped your butt. Yeah, he kind of whoop up. He definitely, he definitely <laughs> did. Uh, and and the fun, the thing is that is to show you, even with a father, you know, I was just doing stupid stuff because we weren't, we weren't fine. Like I wasn't financially uh, in a bad place, you know. Like my my parents were actually okay, um, you know, compared to when I when I was just born. They were teenage parents. It was rougher, but by then they were a little more established. But then once he passed. I kind of just, you know, took a spiral, you know, to, you know, my life spiraled, went from being a straight A student to, you know, Fs getting expelled from school. My mother constantly getting phone calls to come pick me up, you know, or me breaking curfew, coming home whenever I felt like it. I thought I was the man of the house now. And she was like, no, nah, I'm not having it. 
<laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, she showed me who was boss when I would walk through the door, <laughs> you yeah. know? So, so yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was pretty young and she actually, uh, my mother at one, one time turned me into the police department and dropped me off because she said, I can't take you no more and I'm not having this. You need to turn yourself in, you know? And I was like, what? But yeah, yeah, I, I spent several, you know, weekends in the juvenile detention center until I accumulated so many charges that they wanted to give me two years in a program. And instead, I copped out to Job Corps, which mm -hmm. some people are, are, are familiar with that program, mm -hmm. which allows a kid to get a GED and a trade. So I went and took some carpentry and tried to get my GED. But I ended up going AWOL and jumping the gate and leaving that program before I completed and went right back to the streets. Um, by that time I was about to be 18, you know, me and her met when I was just turning 18 and stuff. So yeah, then, you know, my daughter was born when I was, uh, turning 19. And so, yeah, it's, you know, it's been a rough road, you know, raising, ra raising children, not having a, a father to children model. raising children. Yeah. We were children, children raising children, children. and we, I didn't have, a, neither of us had a father that showed us, you know, how to, you know, how to really be. You know, a good, a good, you know, a good oh, father. A rock, a father. You know, we didn't have nobody showing us how to be a good parent. I mean, you know, my mom was addicted to substances at the time too. You know, my wife's mother, you know, worked hard and, and had to raise three kids alone. She did the side. best she yeah. could. Yeah. You know, Lee, uh, so not it my, wasn't easy. Not my best friend. We're not talking about my best friend, right? Don't talk about my best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's a trip, man. But she, yeah. as, as you know, as you know her now, she's a totally different woman. Uh, yeah. Clean. She's been a manager yeah. for a company for a long time. She's, she's a good independent on yeah. her own property. She's she, 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 she does we well. Talk every time I see her, we talk for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's got jokes. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she's a handful. She's a handful. <laughs> she's a handful, and then some. We love her. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow. So, um, man, I, I had to say that, but I forgot what I was about to ask you. Um, you know, talking about, uh, you know, growing up and going through that um, back and forth. So, uh, you were actually introduced. You was asked to go to church, right? Oh, first of all, this is what I was gonna say. I did the math. If you if you was having your child at nineteen, so that means um, you had to be like around seventeen or eighteen, hmm? right? Was was she was Miss Haiti seventeen wife? or eighteen? Yeah, younger yeah. or older? She's older yeah. than me. <laughs> oh, she's older than you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't look older than me, though, right? No, she don't. Yeah, she's, she's beautiful and young. Yeah, yeah, as long yeah. as I don't look older, that's good. <laughs> yes. But 20 plus years, how many years is it? What, what that oh, together? Oh, together? Well, together since 20, 1994, 20, so 27. 27. 27, 27 years yeah That's and 22 amazing. married, 22 married in, in a couple of weeks we'll be celebrating we'll be going to puerto rico to celebrate july 10th yeah we're looking forward to that um but yeah yes. 22 years y'all gonna do some zip lining do some zip lining yeah we <laughs> yeah, got we, some works up we, in there yeah, we, we got, got, some, we got excursions. some nice excursions book but <laughs> my youngest boy is 20 years old my uh daughter my oldest daughter is 26 mm. um we, i have a nine month old granddaughter yeah, we don't look like grandparents, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. 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 And um he was a father to my son for yeah. uh, my oldest, who's 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he was three so years old when I met him. He was three years her, old yeah. when and awesome. he called him dad, you know. But. Yeah, I raised him. 
So awesome. Yeah. So 20, 20 plus years. I now when I was going through getting some of the pictures that I noticed that there's a ton of pictures of you guys together. And I think it's just awesome. That's probably part of the that's a big key in in you know long lasting relationships. It's just doing a lot of stuff together and capturing those moments. So mm-hmm. I think that even like now, even like now you guys are together. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's awesome. But I just noticed that I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do better. I gotta get up <laughs> on my game. Like, <laughs> you know, I got about five, ten pictures. You know, obviously, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm working on seven years, but you know, I'm like, man, the face guy, it's always every, <laughs> every other picture they together, smiling and doing this, and I'm like, man, you know, the, the thing is that we didn't start taking those pictures together too much later when technology really took a hit i mean you know launched think about in the beginning when we were together there was no pictures really of us unless somebody had a a camera camera because Mm -hmm. cell phones would cell phones just started coming out in the mid 90s when we met albums is what but it didn't really (laughs) cell phones didn't have cameras till much later right you know or quality cameras anyway you know so So yeah, there's years that aren't even documented, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay though. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You just making me look even worse. So I gotta, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna have to do like three or four pictures a day just to catch up. Uh, yeah, yeah. You it's gotta my wife. Those, capture those moments, man. It's always beautiful to look back and see yeah. what God has done, you know, where you've where you've come from and where you you know where you have we, we we quite often visit that topic because it's just all god yeah it really is it yeah. really was you guys are doing an amazing job so tell me about this right here um, <laughs> yeah 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 awesome. congratulations by the way is there yeah, a award yeah. startup award i'm not sure you know what it is you're going to tell us about it but it's yeah. I mean, no it's well deserved it's very well deserved yeah yeah so so two you know two 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 years ago or so when we first felt we were being called to start urban youth justice um a few different things happened i got connected with a lady by the name of amy williams in chicago she had a juvenile justice cohort which is right behind me that's mm-hmm. what that is um that's actually a cutoff of a, of a t-shirt, t-shirt yeah. <laughs> but um but, but yeah we went to a co- i went to a leadership cohort and from there i met a man uh called dr scott larson who mm-hmm. then became a mentor he's been doing juvenile justice ministry for like 30 years mm-hmm. um as a matter of fact i just spent uh, this past weekend in new mexico with him doing a ready for life event at a facility which was amazing but from from our relationship you know i've met other people and had other opportunities to uh, speak at juvenile justice um co um conferences right and and that's just open doors um that's mm-hmm. actually where i met long boy and a few other people who have been a part of the team. Um, and so one of my other mentors on my on the education side, uh, Joel Van Dyke, who's also an author and a missionary uh, to Guatemala, um, told me, hey, have you heard of uh, Tampa Underground before? And I was like, no, I have not. And so as soon as I looked them up online, I saw the documentary, I saw what they were about, and I immediately was intrigued at how they have developed this concept of micro churches Mm. Um, and the ecclesial minimum, which is, you know, community mission and worship. Um, and so I, we, you know, we ended up, uh, contacting them, uh, went on a tour of their facility, got to know them, 
um, they said, we, you know, we, 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 we've our, what we wanted to do qualified as becoming a micro church on, under their, um, uh, under their umbrella. And so we've been with them there. They, uh, mm -hmm. support us financially, amazing. but they also uh, provide us with training resources. Uh, they're just amazing. Um, and so, uh, because of COVID going on, they, they didn't give an award that year, but mm -hmm. this year they wanted to, um, award several like about five micro churches mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um got re awarded a, a something special and we were the startup of the year which is just you know the the startup nonprofit or the startup micro church mm. you know, we launched and we're already on our second year phase two as i call it um first year we just planted seeds mm -hmm. built relationships with directors and facilities and now this phase two is uh developed yeah, yeah we're we're uh we're going a little deeper and we're also uh, establishing discipleship groups mm -hmm. at several facilities where I have, oh, I wow. now have team members who live in those cities, Orlando, Ocala, That's Daytona, awesome, yeah. different areas, uh, St. Pete, Brooksville, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the women's, you know, my wife, they do discipleship there. They've been doing that for a while That's now. Amazing. Yeah. So you, so you mentioned, um, Daytona, you, so you're doing a lot of traveling around Florida. Yes. But you're also going outside of Florida too. I believe I saw that yes. you're doing outside of Florida. How yeah. did that come about? Yeah, well that that came along. Well, I've, you know, over our time of growing and becoming an established nonprofit, you know, 501c3, mm -hmm. we've we've, you know, met some people who've been doing this and I'm the type that I'm teachable. I like to learn. I like to say, mm -hmm. "Hey, you know, how how what can I learn from this person?" And so I've met some great leaders who are doing great mm -hmm. work. Uh Mama Rita, uh has also been someone who I've connected with and, and she was able to help me open doors and, and teach me a couple mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. And so our first time uh, leaving the state was uh, um, with her in Tennessee mm -hmm. um, and then uh, Texas we've done also with her. And then now uh, because of, you know, um, the relationships I've built and also that I work for a facility in the, the company that I work for has, has acknowledged what I'm doing as well. They support me. Mm -hmm. um, they, I now have Alabama on the table, which is going to be in September wow. and, and, um, and Nashville, Tennessee at the end of July with the same lady that we met in Tennessee, who happens to be a woman of God. She was running this female facility has mm -hmm. now gone on to, to be the facility administrator at uh, Standing Tall in Music City uh, as an all-male facility. And she, um, throughout COVID, kept saying, hey, I want you guys to come, but I can't give you the green light yet. Right. And just, just a few, uh, like a month ago, mm -hmm. she said, hey, green light, I can get you guys in now. And I mm -hmm. said, whoa, let's do it. And so we booked flights and and we're ready to go at the end of July uh, to Nashville. And um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, oh, we're, we're Alabama, yeah. Alabama, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got, um, yeah, we, we got, you know, we're, we're open to, to bringing the, the gospel, you know, wherever the Lord wow. sends us, you know. But Florida is our home state right now and is where we want to really like, you know, get deep rooted into the discipleship. You know, our next phase and what we're trying to do now is, is building infrastructure, establishing ourselves more, uh, mm. doing a lot of fundraising, um, you know, we're, we're still a new, new nonprofit, new you know, but I think in, in our, our years of existence, we've accomplished way more than I imagined. Nice guy, yeah. And so um, the next phase is to develop a community um, center for youth, like a youth development, That's youth leadership center mm -hmm. um, that could offer um, 
programming classes you know all kinds of stuff a place for mentorship a safe place for them to just hang out and maybe have some recreation i mean we want to be able to offer a lot of things haven for the youth um, purchase purchase a van that we can actually pick kids up up if we have to where there's no excuse you know and and feed them you know Mm -hmm. help them get basic needs you know like we really want that want to see that come to pass and so we're just praying and and doing what we have to do in our on our part as far as our homework and connecting yeah we we're we're getting coaching and all that from different people directing us and bringing the right people i mean there are so many people that are even reaching out that we have no clue but because you know these pictures and these videos are getting out so, you mm-hmm. know they're seeing what's going on yeah. and people are donating and and that's just a blessing i mean god's provisions are just faithful always because this is how we're able to continue to you know get to these places and 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 provide these kids with resources that you know they may never have encountered or had or you know even get these um the teams to the facilities you know what i mean it's just yeah it's it's a blessing it really is without yeah, so, having to figure out how we're gonna do it is the yeah. question you know Cause so can how can people donate how can people donate uh well we have uh yeah we have our website you know that's what we would you know most likely want people to visit the you know the, the best place to visit the website, uyjinc.org. That's Urban Youth Justice Incorporated, uyjinc.org. You click, um, you go to the website, there is a donate link, and it'll send you right to Giving Fuel, which is a legit site we've uh, been partnered with for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also crowd fundraising always going on um, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we post there regularly for for, for support and stuff um yeah and so that's that's pretty much what we're doing we want to create other fundraising outside of that you know i'm, I'm still working you know with, with a team of people to try to establish other ways to raise funds and and gain you know uh, mm-hmm. gain visits you know to to the site and you know get donors who are really willing to invest in what we're doing who yeah. really believe in the mission um, yeah because these these kids like for example the girls which we're getting ready to put out a post because you know what we do is the, we do care packages for these kids when they're on the outs coming out some of them don't have clothes you know some of them we um we have these gift cards that are food you know about uh food gift cards so if any if they ever need you know something to eat they can at least not have to think about it you know so mm-hmm. we we would like you know to have those things where we don't have to think about them and just have them prepared you know, versus like, oh, we need to get it or, you know, so those yeah. are things that we um Yeah, sometimes just basic with, hygiene you know? products. Or even them you know. when they have babies yeah. or, you know. Yeah, some of them are provide. parents. Yeah. Yeah, just that website. Say that website again. Uyjinc.org. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just recently I saw a youth at a facility who I knew from the outside. I used to be his mentor from an, uh, at another program. And um, he now has a, a son, and he told me if I could bless his son with a package, and we put it on uh, and Facebook, we, we, and people donated, yeah, and we, we had, were able we had to some bless good that response. baby with yeah. some good deals, like you know. So these are kids that are in need. Pampers, you know? wipes, all that. We dropped off two big bags mm-hmm. to the moms, and uh, and yeah, we, she was able to be. She had a big smile, and she was really mm-hmm. grateful. We were able to gifts. provide that baby with the basic needs, and you know, and they were. And black. you know, and you guys, you familiar with Hunger's In, right? With Miss yes. Vicky and Hunger's End, because yeah, there's, there's a yeah, lot hungers. of resources out there that you guys could, yeah. you know, um, go through regularly. 
regularly. Yeah. You don't. I'm not talking like once or twice a month. They are just as pat, just as passionate as you guys are about going into the detention centers and reaching the youth. They are just as passionate about feeding and providing resources to organizations like you, not just people, yeah. because they understand that you guys are doing the same thing. You're mm -hmm. just a link. So that's great to know. I know, I know Hunger Zen, Hunger Zen did donate some stuff to us uh, one Christmas. We packed some, yes. some uh, yeah. bags for yes, the kids with socks and deodorant yeah, and all that. Yeah. I remember that. So I'm grateful. You know, we also have some churches that that support mm -hmm. us you know we got grace life yeah, sometimes they cook in sarasota we got stuff. harbor community mm -hmm. church mm -hmm. uh we got members from there who, who bake for the kids and who have donated mm -hmm. um in different ways you know so we're really grateful for those community churches as well that help out in any way um cdp up in tampa you know the resurrection church church in tampa heights mm -hmm. you know we so have, many yeah. sisters and brothers have you them. have you ever uh reached out to um uh cross crossover Crossover Church in Tampa. Well, I have uh, I have a partnership there with Frank Jones, who, uh, yep. who runs the crew. Awesome. They yep. do juvenile justice ministry at Hillsboro. Mm -hmm. yep. I've, gone, I've gone there several times with them for special events. Um, but you know, we have not partnered with them as far as like you know, I mean, like sponsorship or because they oh, have yeah, their yeah. own thing. But exactly. we are we are we are like you know family. Connected, you know, we yeah. are like family. Frank yeah. Jones, Long Boy, several people there mm -hmm. uh, at that church. Um, you know, they know my heart. I know theirs, and we we do the same kind of work. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, I was away last weekend, and Frank Jones stepped okay. in for me at Brooksville and did the life skills class for me. You know, so that's the kind of partnership we have. You know, mm -hmm. where I can trust and leave him a facility, and he's going to handle it the right way. You know, so I appreciate that. So. It sounds like when you were telling me you went to, to Tennessee and you're getting ready to go to Alabama and all, it sounds like a tour. Are you taking artists with you? <laughs> well, well, yeah, the goal. I just give you an idea. That's, That's a goal. Hey, you put that on the bucket list. You, you talking about you want to get a van so you can get some youth. You probably need to get a huge <laughs> Van, not just for the youth, <laughs> but get an RV for all you guys, and you can yes. go on tour. I know, I know. I know. We, we do. We, we, do. We, we mentioned that, like joking around, like, it's "Hey, we need, a, we need a big vehicle so we can just drive." You know, but so, some of the guys on my team are not are not uh, as passionate about long road trips as I am. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, but yeah, no, we we um, several of them are willing to travel, and you know, I, as you said, as you already said it, I consider that. A, you know, a tour and it's, it's not like a, like a music tour that eventually ends. This is going to be something we're going to do ongoing until God says, yes, yeah, exactly. so, but yeah, no, I definitely, when I travel, um, you know, I definitely want to bring at least one other person. I don't like to always be the one, only one talking. Mm. Um, you know, we are creating some video content. So when certain people can't come with me, I can still show it via via laptop connected to a, a TV mm -hmm. that they may have. Or sometimes I travel with my own monitor. Um, but my wife also, you know, can come with me to some trips because, like in Alabama, they want us to minister to guys and girls. Yeah, and girls. So yeah. If, if you're asking us to minister to girls, I have to have at least one woman present. You know, so mm -hmm. my wife would be the first one to come and if any any other woman wants to come it's fine too you know so it's open you know um you know we we, we can't cover everyone's cost but but you know right. we, we try to you know use our donations mm -hmm. wisely to cover costs for ministry and stuff yeah. and so that's yeah. coming that's coming you're gonna be able to cover to cover your cost for everybody are you are you are the artists 
able to perform at these other facilities? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We make yeah. that clear. We, we kind of like, yeah, we kind of, when we, when we meet the, when we talk to the directors via email, you know, we always handle it professionally. We kind of do a proposal and say, Hey, look, this is what we do. We make sure we ask them a bunch of questions. They ask us questions. They basically ask us, Hey, what do you need from us? And I just say, Hey, look, I don't need a table and some water. I'll bring the rest. You know, yeah. um, we have a, we have a partnership as a matter of fact, uh, with Prison Book Project, yes. who, uh, for example, if I'm traveling to Tennessee or to Alabama and I can't bring a bunch of Bibles on an airplane with me, I they can. I, they, will, they will mail a box to whatever facility I tell them to mail a box to. Wow! And and they're more than happy, and they got mm -hmm. they got a factory loaded of, yes. of good resources, not awesome. like cheap stuff. Awesome. You know, from Bible comics mm -hmm. to to Bibles, to devotionals, uh, Christian literature, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, they- Boys and girls. Yeah, they, yeah. So all she does is say, give me the address. How many boys and girls do you have? What kind of material do you want? And mm -hmm. that's it. And she'll send it out. Yep. And um, yeah, she's, she's uh, they've been good. They've been good. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they, as a matter of fact, I met them at the same conference when I met- um, when we when I yeah when I went to do a, a, a share I shared in Orlando uh, my testimony mm -hmm. and it was like right after that that we launched Urban Youth Justice because that was June or July and then right mm -hmm. in August or September mm -hmm. we began to come up with the name and the logo and you know we filed for a five hundred one c three through Tampa Underground mm -hmm. and somewhere somewhere in the middle of COVID like April or something mm -hmm. like that April or May we got the letter saying that we were now official um, yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much. Um, first of all, for your work that you're doing in the community. Thank it's you. very because we know that these kids often get forgotten about because they're not out of sight, out of mind. That's just how we yeah. are. But yeah, you guys yeah. have them in your mind every single week and you're constantly, you know, ministering and talking to them, bringing them, you know, hope. And we really appreciate that because they're every, they're all of our kids. I might not necessarily have kids biological kids in there but if there's kids in there they are our kids right. as a as a country as a community, you know state yeah. as a community it takes a village right it takes a village and so you taking the village to the kids <laughs> that's right yeah, we bring the church right. to the kids you too know? The church most, to the most kids. of them won't step foot in a church or have and they've been exactly uh, you know had a negative experience of some sort so they're like oh i don't know if i'm accepted or uh, they're gonna make me feel unwelcome you know, so I'm like, well, hey, here's his his church for you right here, right now. You know, so we bring in church in an experience they've never had before, because to them, church is like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't do That's that. Really like <laughs> we come with, you know, like yo, with the, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a whole so, and they understand that that this is the form of church. Like, oh, we're gonna do church today. Yeah, yep. you know, exactly. so church, you know. Yeah, and they look forward to it, which, I'm, su which I'm surprised. They I'm like, wow. To it, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I know you guys is making a lot <laughs> of connections just from the consistency alone, and yeah. just you know, constant. That's important. So again, we appreciate everything you guys is doing. Second, thank you for coming on the podcast and just telling the story and and letting us know what you do. You know, I continue to support you guys and send support your way any yeah. way I can. Um, I, I love the touring. It's going to be bigger. It's continuing to grow. You already know that. You already had a 
place where you didn't even imagine so yeah, you yeah. are and so it's just going to continue to grow man so again yeah, man. love yeah. you guys appreciate it love you know you. i'm always here for you and mm-hmm. looking forward to working with you guys again all right always yes right. thank you thank brother. you thank, thank you, you. Bye. god bless all right so that was my brother pedro and haiti they they work with urban youth justice i put their information up there um if you want to be able to donate to them you should donate to them they do a lot of work in the community as you've heard and as you've seen i've worked with them side by side such a blessing a lot of these kids are forgotten about but they haven't forgotten about them and they continue to work with the kids to direct them to inspire them to do better and so we really appreciate that so make sure you guys tune in uh tomorrow coming on the show we got my brother mr aaron cooper uh, he just opened up a youth training facility for basketball so we're going to hear from him and see what he's doing in our community we appreciate you guys stopping by you know until the next time we get together you know what i'm saying peace out it's your boy coach a hey.